Welcome to the Raiseology Podcast with your host, pediatrician and parenting mentor, Sharon Somek, here to empower parents to raise resilient and independent children. Grab your coffee or your margarita and let's get started. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should be used to supplement rather than substitute the care provided by your physician. So I'm here today with Stacy, and we are going to be talking about traveling with um, kids. And Stacy has a one-year-old who they have just spent the entire last year traveling around. And I'm going to let her tell her story and you know, hopefully we'll get some great information about how you can make traveling with your kids easier. So Stacy, welcome and thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself, about your family, and um, and about your experiences. Absolutely. So um, my family consists of my daughter, Ella, who just turned one on September 4th, and my husband, Alan. And we've been married for six years. And me and Alan have always been huge travelers. We met traveling and we continued traveling throughout you know, our relationship. We were engaged in India and have traveled to over 57 countries together. So travel has always been a huge part of wow. our life. And then when Ella was born or when I was pregnant with Ella, everyone said, that's it. Your travel days are over. You're never traveling again. They basically were, you know, tried to scare us, tell us that, you know, this is it. And now it's parent, this is parenthood. And so um, if you know my husband, you would know his, his goals in life are to prove everybody wrong. So he was determined to continue. We were both determined to continue our travel lifestyle and, um, I was actually able to find a group online on Facebook inspired by a woman who in England took her daughter on her maternity leave and traveled around the world with her. And she created this community called um, Travel Mad Families about similar families who, you know, used, felt family travel was extremely important to them. And so through their support, and Alan's support, we, you know, booked Ella's first flight before she was even born to England at 11 weeks old. And since then, we just took off running. Um, she's been to 14 countries on over 20 flights. And we actually spent five weeks through the New York State paid family leave. I took part of my leave at the end of her, at the end of her first year, I split it up and we spent five weeks traveling around the Balkans together. Wow. So travel. Yep. So, and we actually just booked our next trip. Um, we'll be going to New Delhi and Nepal and Bhutan in March. That is so, so cool. We are, yeah. So, so that's our story. Yeah. I mean, can you tell me a little bit, I guess, why is travel so important to you? So I think travel is so important to me and for our, our daughter, because there's so much that you can learn that isn't, you know, easily available and isn't just right outside your door. Um, the whole world is just so interesting. People are interesting. Cultures are interesting. And it's important to us that Ella be exposed to that. 
to be exposed to that there is a world outside of Long Island, New York, and there is a world outside of the United States. Um, and to just have those experiences and also to separate ourselves from our daily life and just be able to spend time one-on-one -on -one as a family. Some of our most special times this last year have been when there's no cell reception, there's no Wi-Fi, and we're just stuck on, you know, an island in the middle of the Philippines, just the three of us, has been some of the most special time we've had together. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So can you tell us a little bit about where where some of those countries that she's been to are and um, and I guess where have you been in the last year? So in the last year, we started off by going to London, England, where my husband is from. Uh, Ella took her first plane ride at 11 weeks old. And then from there, we went to uh, St. Louis, Missouri to visit a very close friend of mine who had had a baby. We continued our travels by going to Guadalupe um, for a long weekend in the, in the Caribbean. Then we uh, booked a trip and we made it to China and we took Ella to Shanghai to go to Disney World <laughs> and continued on to the Philippines where we spent some time in Manila, but mostly spent most of the trip in a, a small one of the islands, um, El Nido. And after that, we went to Miami. We took another trip to London to visit some family. And then we took our big trip and we booked tickets to England and continued on to Slovenia, where we rented a car and we drove through Croatia, Kosovo, Macedonia, Montenegro, Albania, um, and Bosnia, and then took a plane back to Spain. And then came back home. And uh, we got back around mid-August. That's incredible. So what would you say um, have been some of your biggest challenges traveling with her? I think a lot of the biggest travel, the challenges traveling with a young baby are the logistics. You know, babies need a lot of stuff. They need car seats. They need a place to sleep. They need, um, you know, a high chair. They need just tons of clothes, diapers, and just planning all of those logistics. So it was very, you know, important to us that even in some of these countries where, you know, the Philippines, they don't really use car seats, things like that. It was important for us that we, we had that for her. And sure. so it was important to find items that were easy to travel with and that we could take with us, you know, everywhere easily. Yeah. and. um I mean, she's obviously very young, um, and we know she's not really going to remember necessarily the places that she's traveled to, at least yet. Um, so what do you think the biggest benefit to her is at this time? So I think the biggest benefit to her at this time would be that, you know, traveling becomes second nature to her. You know, she is, you know, great in the car. She's great on the plane because we've done it from the beginning. It's actually much easier to travel with very young babies than as she's gotten older, it has become more challenging. Um, I also just think the second benefit is her learning to adapt. 
Um, when we were away, Ella has had to sleep in many different places, sometimes changing every night. She's not always taking the same nap schedule. She's not eating those same things that she would eat at home. She's eating whatever the food is of where we are. So I think she's learned to be more flexible and more adaptable. And it's allowed when we come home that we don't have to be so restricted to, you know, a schedule and to, you know, eating those same things. It's made her more adventurous. Yeah. And it's interesting to think of a one-year-old as adventurous, but it definitely makes a big difference. I mean, I have traveled with my kids from young ages. I have family overseas as well. And um, and it, I agree with you, it does get a little bit more challenging at the age that she is now, but it, I promise it will get a little bit easier. Um, <laughs> that, that age between, you know, the early toddler years are, are challenging to travel with, but, um, but it will, I, I think because she's so used to it and because she is, um, she's, accustomed to being out of that routine, it won't be probably as quite as difficult. Um, and how do you handle things like, I mean, at her age, at, at one, at two, kids want to be walking around a lot and a long plane ride is not necessarily as pleasant as, <laughs> as you may want it to be. <laughs> so what are the best tips you can have for handling a long play ri plane ride um, with a toddler? The plane rides have definitely been a challenge. Um, and as you kind of said, it, it gets more challenging as they get older. I think, you know, a young baby, a younger baby who can fit in the bassinet, handling a longer plane ride, getting the bulkhead is key to try to get the bassinet. Um, and also it gives you some extra leg room um, and allows you to, you know, we would spread a blanket on, on the floor and we'd kind of like play down there with her. Um, older, you know, sort of the toddler kids walking up and down the aisles is key. One of Ella's favorite places to sit is in the jump seat in the back of the plane with my husband watching everybody come in and out of the bathroom. Um, <laughs> there's no greater, there's no greater entertainment than your fellow passengers. Because as long as your baby isn't screaming, people actually tend to love babies. And even if they are screaming, I found that people are actually very kind and are like, can I help you? Is there anything I can do for you? Um, and just sort of like random items, um, the, the plastic cups she loves to play with. She likes, we like to, she likes to play with the, the, the cards and the seats. Um, for older kids, buying window clings and putting them on the windows if you have a window seat. Also, going to the dollar store and just buying as many sort of dollar toys in the hours that you'll be on the plane and then wrapping them in like a gift and sort of like gift wrapping and giving like one new toy an hour can be really helpful because then if you leave them on the plane, it's they were only a dollar and they get to open something new and also the gift wrapping paper sort of provides like some extra time for them to like rip it open and get to it. So that's, that's some of the, the tricks that we use. I love that idea. 
That, that's a new one. I have not tried that. I, I have yeah. found people to be really helpful, especially if you, I don't know if you've had the experience of traveling alone with her, but I have traveled alone with my kids and um, I've traveled with anywhere from two to four of them by myself. And I do find people are really sympathetic to that and, um, and try to help you as much as you can. No, definitely. I've noticed that, um, you know, people, I have had the experience of traveling with Ella once by herself, and it was actually one of her most challenging flights, which did result in her, you know, screaming and being very upset and very challenging to get her to calm down. And actually, the woman behind me actually offered to take her, and she didn't speak English. But she, you know, it was kind of like we communicated through sort of like our eyes where she was like, you know, trying to tell me that. And I understood some very basic Spanish that she had two young kids and she understood. And, you know, she was actually able to get Ella to calm down. So just the the kindness of people can just be unbelievable. What's a challenge that you've faced in the last year that you think will not be one that's temporary and something that you'll have to sort of find a way around or maybe you have already found a way around. It's a adapting to time zones has probably been one of the biggest challenges, especially as she's gotten older. Um, Because when they're young, they kind of sleep and eat and it's easy. They're not really on a schedule, but as they get older, they do get more, you know, they understand morning, they understand night. And when you go to Asia, and there's a 12 hour time difference, everything is just flipped upside down. And then when you come home, it's flipped upside down again. So it's just, it's been the challenge of kind of adapting to time zones and and realizing that, you know, one of us has to get up and accepting that, you know, she may not always nap on time. She may be sort of not the happiest uh, until she adjusts to that time zone, but scheduling lots of outside time. So she's in the sun. So her, her body clock will readjust to, to wherever she's at. And do you, um, do you try to spend more time in the beginning in certain places so that she can adjust? I mean, you said you went some places just for a weekend. So that's hard for them to sort of, they probably never, she probably never adjusted before you came home. No, definitely. I mean, I think it depends where we're going and what the time zone is. England, for example, we tend to only go for three or four days. um, And so she's not going to adjust in that time. They're five hours ahead. And so a lot of times we will keep her on American time, which is beneficial to us because then she goes to bed later. So we're able to spend more time out with friends and family. And then she sleeps in later. And then when we get home, you know, she's basically readjusted back to US time. On the longer trips like Asia, we try to go for a longer period of time. Um, So then this way, she will adjust. And when I get home, I try to take um, two extra days off to prepare for, you know, this way, if she's up in the middle of the night, I can be up with her or if she's kind of off. So one of us can be home with her while she, while she adjusts. But it it takes about, I would say three days on average for her to adjust to either time zone has been our experience. Yeah. I think that's been my experience too. And I find that, um, 
if I take flights at certain times of the day, that helps. Um, so when we travel um, overseas, where we travel, it's about seven hours ahead. And if we fly at nighttime here, then by the time, even if she doesn't sleep very well, by the time we arrive there, it's already evening time and then she can get a real full night's sleep and they adjust to there pretty quickly. Coming home sometimes a little bit harder. No, definitely. That's definitely been our experience as well is those night flights are, are amazing, especially uh, flights that leave very, very late at night because then she gets to the airport, she's exhausted and she falls right back to sleep. So yeah, it's been definitely something we try to also schedule flights sometimes during nap time because then this way she is meant to sleep and then she will hopefully fall asleep or at least be a little more, you know, relaxed because she's tired. Yeah. And then what, um, what challenges would you anticipate in the coming years? I think there will be quite a few more challenges, especially with the flights, the want to walk around everywhere and not be restricted. Um, I think some other challenges, you know, are just that she'll want to sort of get into everything, <laughs> which, you know, and, and, and make and planning activities that, that she'll enjoy. Um, this past year, you know, we were kind of able to just stick her in the stroller and go wherever we wanted. I think it's going to be a little more challenging this year to find activities that, that she'll enjoy that will keep her busy um, and that, that she'll take away from the experience with some positive, hopefully, hopefully some good, some good experiences some positive memories. I know she may not remember, but we'll definitely remember. Um, that's kind of what I think will be the, the new challenges. Also, I think as kids get older, they get, they get more stuck in a schedule. I mean, Ella is very flexible. I think compared to a lot of other children because of her traveling, but I think it will be a challenge to make sure that that one nap a day is, is taken and that we plan for it. Um, and we plan our schedule around it. Yeah. Cause she will probably need it um, at least for the next couple of years and then she'll outgrow it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I'll be missing it. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> um and then um, with the group that you're involved in on Facebook, have you found that some of the families are traveling, I'm sure, with multiple kids and, um, and I, I'm guessing they help with the challenge of how do you entertain kids of different age groups and um, that also can be sometimes um, difficult to plan for. No, definitely. Um, they've been so helpful. The, these families are more families that travel long term. A lot of them are long, are like long. This is their lifestyle is traveling with their kids for long periods of time, three months in Asia, two months in South America. Um, they have a lot around the world sort of paid time off is a lot more lenient. Um, than in the United States. So they're able to take off longer with their families. A lot of them have multiple kids um, and this is their lifestyle. So they've had a lot of great suggestions. They've been extremely welcoming, extremely encouraging. 
Um, I would say the majority of them are not from the United States. In fact, they're from all over the world. It's a group of almost 3,000 people. Wow. And what would be sort of your most exciting trip that you maybe haven't had yet and you really are dying to take with her? Um, And I guess, are you planning to take that trip soon? Um, Or if not, why not? So I think that's a hard question because <laughs> I want we just want to go everywhere. I think one trip that we are very excited to take with her that we just booked is this trip to Bhutan and um, India, somewhere that we've always wanted to go. That's very hard to get to, um, and because you need to go, they only allow you in the country with a tour group. Um, they don't have a lot of visitors. That's something that we're, we're very excited, somewhere that we're very excited to take to take Ella. Um, so a trip that we really would love to take her on that, you know, we're not ready to take her on would be to go back to Africa and take her on safari. It's something that I think would be an amazing experience, but I think she needs to be a little older and definitely, hopefully, be able to remember that trip. My husband went, he, when he was eight years old, to Kenya. And it's something that he still remembers to this day. So we do want to make sure that she remembers that. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing trip. My parents did that trip a few years back and um, and they loved it. Yeah. So something yeah. for the future, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, we travel a lot with our kids, but we travel really mostly to see family. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, you know, my husband and I are both physicians and we haven't had that luxury of being able to take longer periods of time to travel, even just the two of us. Um, so most of our trips have been to, you know, sort of relax a little bit from (laughs) when you finally get a break. Um, and now our kids are starting to get a little bit older where I have felt like I want to wait until they get old enough to remember certain trips because we already missed that boat of the beginning, but you're, you are inspiring me (laughs) to remember that there are a lot of other benefits to traveling with them besides the actual sites that they're going to see and that the family time is so important and that is really, it makes it worth it just in itself. No, definitely. I mean, we will always remember the experiences that we've had with Ella. She'll always have pictures. She'll always have her passport. Um, And I know that down the road, it will hopefully give her the same thirst and love for travel and world exploration that that we have and hopefully shape her, you know, sort of shape who she is as she grows up. Yeah, it's bound to, that's for sure. Well, it sounds like you guys are have had an amazing year and that you are, you know, continuing with that trend. So I'm excited for you and I'm excited to hear more about where you guys are headed. Um, I really appreciate you telling your story here and um, I'm hoping that the audience will enjoy it as well. I'm sure they will. Um, so thanks again for being here. And, um, you know, I think one time actually you told me that you, um, you were writing a blog about traveling with kids. Are you still doing that? I am. So me and a good friend of mine, um, are writing a blog 
Um, she writes sort of about the about motherhood and sort of humor of motherhood and her everyday sort of experiences. She's a very, very funny. Um, and I write the travel content. It's called mommiesamess.com. And every week uh, we post new things on our blog. Uh, we have an Instagram, a Facebook account. And I also try to post some articles to I've been sending to some other websites as well. Oh, awesome. So I will um, get that link from you and link to it in the show notes for this episode if anyone is interested. Um, and I'll definitely be checking it out. It sounds like really a lot of fun. Um, so thank you again, Stacey, for being here. It was really lovely chatting about this and um, I really appreciate you. Awesome. Thanks again for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Raiseology podcast. Head over to www.raiseology.com where you'll find plenty of You've Got This resources for parents and any links or tools mentioned in today's show. Be sure to hit subscribe on your podcatcher so that you can listen to the next episode the minute it's out. Until next time, have an empowered week.